Welcome to episode number 57 and the first episode of 2022 of the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast, where Christina and I talk with Mariah Verachak, Christina's assistant coach, to talk all about the challenges of being a new mom. Mariah now has a 10-month-old, and Christina is cruising along her third trimester, so there was really no better time than now to talk about how this phase of a woman's life can really be. This episode was filled with value about the challenges of starting a family, as well as helpful takeaways from Mariah that can honestly be applied in your fitness journey and relationships, regardless of where you are in life or if you have kids or not. As always, if you like the podcast and you want to support it, all we ask is that you share this episode with a friend, family member, or coworker who would benefit from it. One share can go a really long way and supports our mission to help as many people as possible to live a healthier, sustainable lifestyle. Finally, we would love you even more than we already do if you took the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews are how this podcast moves up the ranks and becomes accessible to even more people. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode number 57, Staying Fit as a New Mom with Mariah Verachak. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Lynn, and I'm here with my co-host, Marissa Roy. And in today's episode, we have a very special guest with us. We have my assistant coach, Mariah, and we're going to be jumping into a super fun topic today, which I feel like is pretty highly requested, at least from my clients. I don't know about you, Marissa, but... Definitely not from my clients. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think maybe just because of the the clientele that we have now, we have a little bit more of like a mom base. So we definitely have people who want to get a better handling on how to fitness and everything while also being a mom. Yeah. And, and mom at the same time. No, it's, it's, it's not, high, not highly requested because I think they just know I don't have like the firsthand input on it, but I, I yeah. have a ton of moms, so I will be able to speak on them. But not on personal experience. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, Mariah, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? And uh, I mean, you're Christina's assistant coach, but I mean, tell us all a little bit about yourself. I feel like even I'm curious to just know more about you too. Um. Okay. Um. My name's Mariah. <laughs> I currently don't have a hometown, <laughs> but my husband is in the military and he's currently deployed. So I am traveling around, our stuff is in storage, and I'm just kind of seeing family and friends and staying with everyone. Um, I first got started in the fitness industry. I actually moved to California with my husband and boyfriend at the time, and he was super into the whole bodybuilding thing, eating chicken, broccoli, rice, (laughs) and ate super clean. So it was a struggle to get started. I snuck off often and got donuts and McDonald's and (laughs) was pushing against starting to eat healthy, but finally gave in, um, started working out, reached out to Christina, did bodybuilding shows, and now am learning where I'm going to go from there as a new mom. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, I think it's so, I think it's so funny, you know, you had all that resistance against eating healthy and like getting started because of like how you perceived it to be. And I feel like that whole, that holds so many people back. Like I was literally talking to someone yesterday 
who was, like, wanting to start on a program, but he was pretty much, like, could not conceptualize the idea of a workout being, like, 30 to 45 minutes. He was like, I have to be in the gym for two hours, like, if I'm if I'm in the gym. And I was like, oh, my God, you don't. Like, <laughs> literally the time adds up to be the same. Like, do you want to go once a week or four times a week, right? <laughs> so it's, like, it's crazy the things that can, like, hold us back from, like, what we think we know is right about fitness, right? Yes. cool well yeah let's dive into the topic yeah so mariah is a first-time mom so she's got a 10-month-old hudson who we are watching on the baby monitor right now (laughs) as we speak so i think it's very fitting for what we're going to dive into today um but yeah so i guess i don't really know where exactly when we want to start or if you want to talk about i guess kind of take us through your pregnancy a little bit and then kind of what your experience has been. My pregnancy wasn't so bad. It was it was pretty easy. I did get the motion sick, nauseous in the beginning, threw up a few times, but for the most part as long as I ate before I felt sick, I was okay. Um I had some pretty bad swelling in my legs and feet in the second trimester, which was a good time. But otherwise for the <laughs> most part it was pretty smooth sailing and then labor and delivery was easy for me. I know it's not everybody's situation, but for me it was relatively easy and quick and I actually didn't even know I was going to have him when I did because I had a doctor's appointment on Wednesday and they told me I was not having him anytime soon and then that night I went into labor and (laughs) so I didn't know I was in labor and it paced around my house, which actually helped move him down. And we ended up going in at like 6 a.m. And I had him at 3. Mm. So. Wow. It was relatively quick. I did get an epidural. That was nice. I got <laughs> to take a nap and hang out. And then my doctor came in and we pushed for about an hour. And there he was. Wow. So... I'm going to, this is going to sound super ignorant, but basically the labor slash delivery. So the delivery is like the physical pushing and the, mm-hmm. like the effort portion. And then the labor is the di- the portion where you're like dilating and like basically having all the contractions leading up to. Yes. Is that correct? Uh, okay. Yes. So just, you dilate to 10 centimeters and at 10 centimeters you start pushing. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I figure, but like, I just like. Never confirm that with anyone. So here we are <laughs> doing it live. <laughs> um, well, Christina, how far along are you now? I'm, uh, I'll be 30 weeks tomorrow. How do you feel? So it's kind of one of those, it's we- one of those weird things. Like I know I'm pregnant. I'm like very obviously very pregnant. And like I've seen the sonograms, I feel I'm moving. But there are times where I just forget, like, because I feel like I just like don't have a lot of symptoms right now or I'm not really feeling it. Um, like, I'll sometimes I'll go in for a hug and, like, the first thing that, like, hits is my belly. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I've been feeling pretty good for the most part. Like Mariah was saying, I definitely am experiencing swelling in my lower extremities. And, you know, part I always talk about tracking your weight and how it's a data point. So 
there were times where like the scale would like skyrocket like two or three pounds within a day. And I'm like, what is happening? And then I look down and I'm like, oh, I have no ankles. (laughs) Like I'm holding on to water. Um, Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've been feeling pretty good, but it's also kind of hitting me that like, oh, like I could potentially maybe go into labor at like any point from now until... 40 weeks because I was like oh yeah 40 weeks like I still have a couple more months and then I was like well (laughs) like I've been talking to a couple people and like oh yeah like I you know delivered at 30 weeks and one person was like oh yeah I delivered at like 34 and Kristen was like oh I delivered at 37 and I'm like oh god (laughs) it's coming (laughs) yeah so it's one of those things where it's like I don't really feel like oh I have all this time I'm like oh we need to start doing some stuff now (laughs) yeah the urgency has kicked in yeah, but uh, other than that, like just kind of trying to enjoy my last couple months without a kid, <laughs> and uh, yeah, but no, I'm feeling I'm feeling really good. Good, all things good. considered. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah, I know today, like talking about being fit as a new mom and just all the challenges of being a new mom with Mariah because she's the only one that is currently actually a parent. So. Um, I'm very interested to dive into these things because I know I hear about them all the time with my clients of like how these things work, how they affect us in trying to reach our fitness goals. So of course, tying it all back down to that sort of stuff. So, I mean, if we're ready to jump in, we can hit Mariah with the first question. Yeah, let's go for it. Cool. So I guess the first thing that I am wondering about is what I hear about the most, which is time management. And I know especially when, like, so you have a 10-month-old, and so you're pretty much, like, now probably just getting past the point of, like, all of the trouble and all of the hassle and everything that that comes with. So what has time management even looked like for you in the past 10 months since you delivered? It's changed quite a bit. (laughs) I went from, I mean, working out two hours a day, six days a week to... I mean, having to cut it down to two to three days a week to 30 minutes. And even that sometimes is a struggle. So it's hard. It's hard finding time to eat. It's hard finding time to sleep. It's hard finding time just for myself and even to shower. So that's been the biggest thing that, I mean, now it's easier as he gets older. But we just, we never really had family by us. So it was just my husband and I and our kids. So it it was very important to find time for myself to keep my sanity and to get myself out of the house and to the gym. So, yeah. So how did you find that time? Um, It did take a while, especially because the lack of sleep. He, my child, decided he was going to eat every two hours for the first six months of his life. (laughs) So I'd have to time it where my husband got home and I would eat something quick run to the gym, come back, feed my kid again, get him ready for bed, bath time, reading, and in bed. And then that after he went to bed, I had be my time to myself that was just relaxing because that was important for me to, to spend time with my husband and hang out and do that kind of thing. And he, he helped a lot with meal prepping and that kind of thing because we did have a few weeks that, I mean, I could hardly find time to eat. I couldn't, my son did not want to be put down. So having to just be able to throw food in the microwave to eat it quickly was extremely helpful for time management. Yeah. 
rather than having to sit there plan a meal and then come up with everything it was just like i don't even have to think about it let Mm -hmm. me just microwave this yeah yeah so i guess like uh some good perspective i think because i don't even think i really know this in depth or at least not as much as in depth as christina would or you would obviously but kind of where were you in your fitness journey like before delivery before you know even pregnancy and like what kinds of things were you doing like did you track macros did you like you mentioned the time you were spending at the gym which is definitely a lot um and then how how has like those habits specifically how have those shifted they well they shifted a lot my (laughs) life is honestly nothing like it used to be which is crazy to say and it's not in a bad way it's just it's very different. Yeah. And all through pregnancy, I first trimester, I could, I ate whatever, literally whatever I could stomach eating. And I still don't think I was eating enough because I wasn't gaining any weight. And then the second trimester, once I started feeling better, I started tracking macros and that really, really helped me make sure I was eating enough, make sure I was focusing on what I was eating to help my little guy grow. And I tracked all the way through until I gave birth. So it really helped a lot. And then after delivery, I actually, we had a meal prep company with some food and then my husband would make stuff too. I highly recommend making stuff ahead of time because that would have been very helpful and we didn't, but I recommend it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so there are a couple people I follow on Instagram that have just recently had kids. And one of the things that, they, or I guess like a strategy that they've implemented is they had parents come and they've made meals ahead of time. So like freezer meals, um, like whether it would be dinners or just snacks or things like that. Um And that like really, really helped as far as just being able to like grab things and go. And then I know too, it is nice. Like if you do have family and friends that they'll drop by and like bring meals or something like that. Um, But yeah, having things ahead of time, I feel like makes a really big difference. Yeah, definitely. And like a lot of meal prep companies now are like super popular. So I feel like if that's going to be a convenience you pay for, like it's, it's probably really worth it for new moms where it is really a priority, especially because like... At least the the meal prep company that we use right now, like sometimes I'm like, I can't, I can't eat these meals because there's too much protein in each one. But like if I were struggling, like, like you described you were Mariah, I'm like, oh, I could probably use 60 grams of protein in a sitting right here. (laughs) So like that kind of stuff could probably be super helpful, I think. Even just having snacks ready to go and for me weighed out and measured was super helpful. Yeah. I think it's interesting what you said about um like tracking macros through the pregnancy and through um through all of that because like I've heard obviously a bunch of different things and the certification that that we all you did it too, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that we all have done it's like it kind of recommends against tracking or assigning numerical values to things which like I get because it's like you do need to put listening to your body first and you do need to like make sure that you're not just ignoring those signals for the sake of hitting a calorie goal or a macro goal. But on the other hand of things, it's like if you are feeling okay and like there aren't these huge aversions or like big issues with nausea, a lot of times I feel like especially with what you guys have described, 
you know, having less of an appetite per sitting because, you know, there's less room in your stomach, like not being able to stomach as much food at one time. It's like, okay, well then how do we know that we're getting enough food in? And so like tracking sometimes, I know with the few clients that I've helped through pregnancy, they actually, again, preferred to have some kind of a guideline there. Um, I know one of my clients I'm thinking of in particular, she really found it helpful to have a calorie minimum and a protein goal. And that's all we did the whole time. So it wasn't like rigid, like, oh, let's restrict these things. But it was like, let's make sure we hit at least here um, on these kind of metrics. And then if you go over that, like, listen to your body, your hunger, your fullness with that, but, but feel free, right? So I think it's interesting how like different personalities can can take different habits and approaches with that. That's, I did have days where I, I mean, I'd eat a little bit more because I was still hungry and I'd have days where, I mean, I did feel stuffed, but I knew I needed to hit to get enough because even I, I gained 25 pounds my entire pregnancy and I actually had a point in the middle where my doctor said I needed to gain more and I was already eating 2,500 calories, which is way more than I've ever eaten. So I just knew I had to eat even more. So otherwise there's no way I would have been eating enough. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I've also heard too, it's like, I had one, one person I knew who worked at the gym that I worked at, like back in the day when I was training people in person, she's had a few kids, but she was always super hardcore with her pregnancy. She would train like the whole way through. Um, and she would always preach that like pregnancy is like the best time to reverse diet. Like (laughs) it's the best time to get your calories like way up there and just like see how your metabolism adapts. Cause it's just going to benefit your baby. Um, obviously if you have the mental bandwidth to do that, of course, but like, it's just going to benefit you eating more. And then when it's time for you to like, let's say you do want to go into a fat loss phase postpartum, it's like your metabolism is in a place where it's really set to do that. So I think that's super cool. Yeah. And then I think it's also really helpful too, if you're breastfeeding to have, to be eating enough and having that supply. Yes. So I think that's a, that's a really big thing too. And so, yeah, you made a really good point where being pregnant is one of the best times to reverse diet and implement. So that is one of the reasons why it could be a good idea to track your food intake, whether you're working with a coach or not, just to be able to slowly work your calories up and do it in a controlled manner. So you're not gaining a whole bunch of weight. Um, but one of the things that, that you made me think of is I had someone who reached out to me in the DMs who's recently pregnant and she's in, uh, like, I think she was at this point we were talking 10 weeks pregnant and she was like, I really want to hire a coach because I want to have a healthy pregnancy and have someone like help me mentally because <laughs> as we know, it, pregnancy takes a lot, a uh, lot on your body. And so she was like, I'm really struggling. And like, how did you cope with like the weight gain and seeing your body change. And so I was talking with her about some of those things. And she's like, I really want to hire a coach, but I don't want to feel like I'm wasting my money because right now at this point, I'm eating like whatever I can. And I told her, I was like, the first trimester is usually just about surviving. So like whatever you can eat, like don't feel guilty about it. Like if you can stomach it, like if it helps you feel like not nauseous, like I know that there were a couple mornings where I literally ate a whole sleeve of like saltine crackers because that was the only thing that sounded appealing and settled my stomach. Um, so if anyone is recently pregnant and that's how you're feeling and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine tracking calories. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Second yeah. trimester is coming soon <laughs> and you will feel better. But um, that's typically kind of the advice that I give. And of course, as we always do, it's 
every client is going to be different and kind of works what works best for them and their goals and how they're doing throughout their pregnancy. And that could change. You could start tracking and track all the way through your second trimester. And then you get that second wave of nausea in your third, and you need to just try to have a minimum calorie intake. So whatever it is, I mean, whatever you can try to, I guess, strategize with a coach or someone else just to figure out what works best for you. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Um, you know, what you said about the person that reached out to you where it's like, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to waste my money, um, on coaching. And, you know, I've, I've had this conversation with someone where it was just like, I don't want to waste my money on coaching when like my goal is to lose fat or get smaller. And I like, I feel like it just wouldn't be, you know, working towards that. But it's, it's really like, you know, what would the pregnancy look like without that kind of guidance is really what I try to like look at it from because it's like, if this person is overall doing fine. And like, maybe they don't need the help and they are getting themselves to eat enough, like, maybe it's not quite so much a problem. But if, you know, someone's really having struggles with accountability, and they can't get themselves to eat enough, or like, they really want to maintain some kind of an exercise routine, but they aren't doing it. It's like, well, like, would you be learning the skills that you could take with you into a fat loss phase? Then, then yes, that's worth it. Right. And it's like, um, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit because as women, we can often get so centered on like the postpartum weight loss. So I'm just going to wait until like after to start this journey. But, and I'm sure like if we do like a specific, like lifting and pregnancy episode soon, that like it could be one of the most important things that you do within your pregnancy to stay active. Um, Mariah, you, during your pregnancy, were you still working out regularly? Um, yeah, pretty regularly. Not the first trimester. I, not much. But <laughs> the second and third, I stayed working out usually two to three times a week. Yeah. And then I also was still serving. Waitressing. Okay. So that was keeping me on my feet and busy. Yeah. Okay. So very active pregnancy. And it, I mean, honestly, like I could, I could definitely make the assumption that your delivery being as easy as it was, like has a lot to do with that. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like, do you, do you want to put yourself through such a like painful, long delivery process? Or can you kind of take steps now in those early phases? So, you know, I think, taking different approaches to look at like what can accountability do for you what were you gonna say um well I was gonna say it sounds kind of crazy but actually um I think mind muscle connection really helped push (laughs) so I and I think that made a huge difference too because I know people push for a long time and especially the epidural you can't feel anything and I mean I pushed for just under an hour and I felt like I could feel it the whole time that I knew I was pushing where I needed to push. So I think learning how to lift weights and properly connect your mind to your muscle that you're currently lifting. And I think that helped a lot. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So there are so many mom pages that I follow now. (laughs) And one of them, it's just so interesting because again, I like, I, I think that before I got pregnant, and a lot of people probably have this, this same assumption, it's like you see the woman like on her back, like screaming in pain, like delivering, and you just think like that's what everyone does. But the more you get into it, you're like, oh, actually, there, there are so many different positions that you can labor in. There are so many different strategies, like you can deliver on your hands and knees, like you can, uh, like there's counter pressure. And then another technique that I saw is like you have like a towel or something and you're like pulling 
And sometimes doing that like can help with delivery. Like if you're pushing and pulling at the same time. So being able, like Mariah was saying, is like being able to engage your lats. And like, uh, so it's just, it was just so fascinating to me. So it's like, if you have never lifted weights in your entire life and they're like, oh, pull, like engage your lats. And you're like, well, what are those? Yeah. (laughs) Um, But one of the things I was going to say is I had um, one of my clients, she had two babies before working with me. And she had this assumption that like, oh, if I just eat whatever, like the weight is just going to fall off postpartum. Like that's just kind of the assumption that she had. And so she and I started working together at four months and she was like, obviously I didn't lose weight when we were working together. Because again, like you were saying, most people want to work with a coach for that phase. But she was like, afterwards, like I, I just... Throughout my pregnancy, she's like, I felt more controlled with my nutrition. I felt like I did a much better job, which helped me mentally afterwards, just knowing I had done such good work prior. And then the recovery afterwards, she was like, was just night and day compared to my first two because I had been active. Mm -hmm. And she was like, so I know that that helped me tremendously with my recovery. And I was already in this position where I had been working out, like, so I felt stronger and I just felt like a better mom postpartum. And she was like, and so all that work that I would have originally thought was like a waste of money, she was like, put me in just such a better position now. And she was like, I'd recommend it to anyone. So I love what you said about like, you know, there are so many things that you can take away from that time working with the coach and apply it postpartum and make that journey a little bit easier. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because of all the the challenges postpartum that I'm sure we're going to get into. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we talked about time management. You mentioned sleep in there. Um, As we know, sleep is so important for fat loss, energy, performance, all of those things. So yeah, what did sleep look like for you (laughs) postpartum? Ah, yeah. Non-existent. (laughs) But I mean, I was just feeding him so much and I was trying to sleep in between there, but even at night I'd go to bed when he'd go to bed at nine, but he'd still wake up every two hours for me. And I know other people get, you know, a little luckier and <laughs> get some longer stretches of sleep, but just sleeping when he slept was huge. And I mean, I even took naps with him during the day and would try to catch up as much as I can. Um, and then it was probably around six, five or six months when he started, he hit four hours of sleep in a row, which was amazing. And then probably seven or eight months, he hit sleeping through the night, 12 hours. So that was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. Wow. So like what kinds of, I mean, was there anything that you kind of tried to do in the moment or was it kind of just like figure it out, survival through those first few months? Or like, did you have any tactics that you tried? The first few months were survive. (laughs) And I mean, he wouldn't nap literally without me. He had to nap on me. So that's kind of was my key. Like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll take a nap too. And then more when my husband got home, I'd kind of pass him off. So I had me time. And as well, especially the first few months, I probably didn't work out again till eight weeks or 10 weeks even. Um, and they let you, well, they approve it usually around six weeks. But I just was, I needed to catch up on sleep and catch up on me time and that kind of thing. So I prioritized that instead and then finally started working out and making that work and then still trying to go to bed early and doing whatever I could to get sleep. Yeah, that's nuts. 
<laughs> yeah. I think it's important though, that you listened to what you felt like you needed mm-hmm. and it wasn't like, Oh, well I hit the six week mark. So therefore I have to get back into the gym yeah. and you didn't feel guilty. You were like, no, this is, I need sleep. <laughs> like yeah. that is my number one concern. And also myself, like making myself a priority and doing like that self care. So I think that was really important that you were able to kind of like in not feeling like, oh, well, this is something I have to do because I reached this milestone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, yeah, was huge. I feel like, especially once you get farther and farther into it, three months in, four months in, it's like deciding whether I need, what do I need in this moment? What do I need today? Can I go to the gym tomorrow instead of today? If I need to catch up on my sleep or do something with my child, then just prioritizing days and times and everything to get what I need in the moment. Yeah. So it sounds like you, um, one of, one of your keys to like being as successful as possible is really kind of like staying present and like really like focusing on like right here today and like, what, what can I do right now? Um, instead of worrying about like, am I going to get all three workouts in for the week or am I going to, you know, uh, nail my nutritional week or whatever. It's just like today, like, what can I do right now? Which is, it's funny because it parallels so much with like how we speak to any client to be successful is like, stop focusing on where you want to be in six months, nine months. Um, I think a lot of new moms and, you know, I can't speak from personal experience, but at least with working with a few, like, there's a lot of pressure postpartum to like be a certain way, lose a certain amount of weight, do a certain thing. And so it's like, oh, I want to be um, at this point, six months postpartum, I want to be back to my pre-baby body or whatever it is. Um, I feel like a lot of times putting that kind of pressure and focus on yourself can like take away from like actual actions that you might mm-hmm. be able to take in the moment. Yeah, I completely agree. I feel like I, I do feel like staying healthy through my pregnancy did help a lot postpartum. So I think it's actually really important to start early to start. I mean, even if you're trying to conceive, getting a coach and being ahead of it helps a lot um, to feel better about where you're at postpartum and be able to focus on your child instead of your body. Yeah. Christina, you look like you're about to say something. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like thought of something and then I had a notification on my watch and I looked down and the thought's gone. <laughs> oh no. Um, shoot, what? I, well, I wanted to talk about um, your relationship with your husband. Can I say his name or no? Yeah. Okay, Ben. <laughs> I just, I, I know how I am, so I just want to make sure. Um, so then something that we were talking about, um, was it last night or this morning? I can't remember, but having that communication with him and how that really made a big difference for what you were able to, to do is like, as far as like, here, have him, I need to go to the gym. Um, I had quite a few meltdowns to him because I mean, overtired (laughs) and watching him honestly, just kind of live his life and be able to do things. And I mean, if our child cried, he asked me, Oh, is he hungry? And then it's my duty to feed him. So and I did, I breastfed, I'm well, up to 10 months and now it's complicated, but, um, so it was my job to feed him and I, I, the primary caregiver. And I knew what he wanted usually when he cried. So that really was hard to watch my husband leave, go to work and come home, go to the gym, kind of live his life and eat his warm food. And I, uh, was taking care of our child and, 
it was pretty rough watching him do that. And so finally, I mean, we had quite a few talks and I said, I need more help. I need more me time. I need, I, I just need, I don't know what I need, but I need help. <laughs> and so we worked together and kind of figured out a time and a schedule for me to hand him off to my husband and let me leave for a second. And even if it's just 30 minutes, go to the gym and take a second for myself to breathe and live. Yeah. So that was, so I remember what I was going to say. So um, I, I love what you said. It's like I was struggling and I may not have even known what I needed, but you made that known to him. Mm-hmm. Like, this is important to me. I have these priorities and I, I need help. So that is something that I see a lot with moms where they have this guilt of putting themselves first and it's difficult to reach out and ask for help because again, I feel like with our current society, we feel like we have to be super moms, that we can do everything. We can do the grocery shopping, we can do the laundry, we can take care of the house, like we can bounce back after our pregnancies and like everything is supposed to be easy and we can handle it. And then to be able to admit and say, no, I need help. And to be able to have that open and honest conversation with your husband, I think is is really, really good. And that's something that I have uh, conversations with, with my current clients and they will start to say, I feel more confident to be able to have that conversation with my husband and say, no, I do need to put myself first. Like, um, or having that conversation of, Hey, I need to go to the gym too. How can we work this out where we can both do what we need to do? So I, I really like that you were able to, again, have that conversation with him. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, that that type of communication, unfortunately, is rare, um, regardless of, you know, new mom, pregnant, just living life even like and, and not even having kids like being able to communicate those needs and being like, listen, like if I'm going to make my health and my fitness a priority in this phase of life, whatever that phase of life is, whether it's being a new mom, whether it's starting a new career, adjusting to a new schedule, uh, it's, it's one of the most important things that like, if you cohabitate with someone, it's like, they have to obviously know they have to be bought into it. And it's, it's, it's so much, I feel like it's so much more avoided than like you would otherwise assume it's like, I feel like a lot of times clients, especially women will be like, okay, I'm starting this fitness journey. Like, um, you know, this is, this is all me. I'm just going to keep it to myself and it's going to be a me thing. I'm not even going to tell my boyfriend or my husband because like, I just want to, you know, I want to do this for me. And that comes from a good place, right? It's like, you know, you don't want to burden others with your struggles or like make them feel like they have to join you or anything. But it's like, without that communication, it's like, the there's one less level of accountability, like one less layer there, because like the person that you live with isn't going to, you know, help you in making those decisions. Um, and then like, there's just no awareness. Like, it's like, oh, like, do you want to you want to go get ice cream, honey? And you're like, oh, shoot, I didn't tell him that I'm doing this thing with my diet. Uh, I don't want ice cream. And then it could cause like other conflicts because it's just not openly addressed. So I feel like especially when like time is so thin you know, you're really just fighting for like 30 minutes with yourself. Um, if that's not expressed, it could, it could honestly just make or break managing your fitness within, you know, being a new mom postpartum. So I love, like Christina said too, I love that you were able to just like 
voice that and, and say it when you needed it and not let it kind of drag out. Yeah. So another thing that you just made me think of is I have a client who, again, and I'm, I'm speaking to a particular one because we have so many current stories <laughs> and current check-ins. She is the one of the funniest. I love her check-ins. They're so funny. She's so animated. Um, I wish I could read some of her responses because they're just, uh, she just makes me laugh out loud. But she was saying that, you know, she was able to, again, have these conversations with her husband and let him know what her goals were, what she was trying to do. And so that was not only when it came to the gym or cardio, but it was also food. And so she was saying, you know, he'd come home with cookies and from him or from like his point of view, it's, I'm doing this because I care and I want to show that I love you. And like, I was thinking of you, but her thing is like, no, <laughs> like no cookies, like get them out of the house. And so she was able to have that conversation or it's like, you know, they're out driving around and he's like, Oh, Hey, I'm hungry. Do you want to stop and get fast food? And she was like, being able to say, hey, you know what my current goals are. I'd love to just go home instead and let's just eat at home. And him being like, oh, okay. You know, so by her making her goals known and a priority, she's able to put her foot down a lot easier than it was before. Um, so she said that, again, she's finding her voice and finding that it's just becoming more and more natural for her to like put herself first because I think some of the things that we've talked about before that is really difficult as a mom to say, I need to get my workout in. I need to make sure that I have a hot meal. <laughs> like I need to make sure that I have time to shower. And it's difficult because we are caring so much about everyone else in our family, but realizing that if you are making yourself a priority, like you show up better as a mom, you show up better as a wife, you show up better as a you know family member. And it kind of just trickles over into, again, feeling like I'm just going to resent everyone and not ask for help or not do anything. So yeah. I really like that. Yeah. Oh, my God. You made me like, <laughs> I was going to laugh because you said the husband was like bringing home cookies or whatever. And I have a client who like, I know she's going to listen to this. And her boyfriend just started um, working with our team as well. Mm. But he was he works right next to like a crumble cookies, like the mm. big like pound cookies or whatever. <laughs> and he like would bring them home. And she's like trying to like get ready for a contest prep this upcoming year. And like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so she was like, Marissa, like, um, I need help. Like, uh, how do I not accept or not eat these cookies that he's bringing home for me? Because like, I know it's coming from such a good place, but like, right. I don't need these in my life. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what if you just like asked, like, and transparently just asked, like, could you express that love by bringing home something else as like not like edible food or like flowers or whatever or a card um and so she goes back to him and she suggested those things flowers card and she was like you could like venmo me like <laughs> so i was on the phone with him and because he was being onboarded to the team and he was like yeah like she said like i could venmo her and i was like that was not my idea <laughs> Not my idea. Everything else was, but he was like, he was like, no, I totally get it though. I was just like, I'm not gonna Venmo you. <laughs> like, it was funny. Just, just pay me with your love. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So I know she's gonna listen to this. She'll probably play it for him too. So they'll well, get a, yeah, he'll get a kick it, out of it. <laughs> she's probably gonna be like, can you just like bring me home coffee or like? Yeah. Oh, coffee's such a good one. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's like, again, it's, it's letting them know and having that conversation and it can be tough. And again, because it's like, you know, he's not bringing home cookies cause he's trying to sabotage you. Like he's doing yeah. it cause he, he just, you know, thinking about you wants to show appreciation. But again, like having just everyone aligned with the current goals just makes it so much easier. Way easier. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I think, you know, one thing we talked about when we were like, before we got on air and started recording was like, Mariah, like, what things are you really struggling with? Or what did you struggle with, especially in those early months? Um, And I think one of the biggest adjustments is just like, how literally your life just changes, like it just completely changes. It's not bad. It's just different. I think that's something that a lot of a lot of new moms fail to grasp as well as like, we can't be labeling these things as good or bad. But like, it's different. Your life is just going to be different. There's going to be so many joys that come from it. But at the same time, it's not going to be the same as before. I think oftentimes we hold ourselves to the standard of like, I must go back to the way my life was before, but now I just have a kid in the mix. Like, it's not not really how it works. Um, so like what, yeah, tell us like, what is it like to like literally have a human being relying on you? Like having your life revolve around that? Like what what kind of struggles does that come with? Um, we actually, I just was talking about it with Christina yesterday because I was trying to do some work and I, I just have to shut my computer sometimes and tend to him. And so things get interrupted. Things, I mean, change, the schedule changes. I, well, I eat a lot of cold food, a lot of cold coffee. So, you know, switching to cold brew helped with that one. But um, it just, I mean, he comes first always. So my entire life now revolves around him. Um, so anything that I want to do, I just have to prioritize time. My workouts are a lot shorter now and I get in, I get out, I do what I need to do. Um, prioritizing food and well, it's a little easier now that he's actually eating cause he's just eats what we eat. So, um, making sure, and it's funny because I mean, I feel like I put more chemicals and things into my body. And now with him, I'm like, oh, he can't eat that. So <laughs> I guess I should probably cut that out too. So finding, I mean, we're eating different. Um, my gym time's different. Just prioritizing everything. Every little bit of time I have, getting myself prepared for the day, meal prepping and being prepared to stop what I'm doing immediately to attend to him and then pick it back up later is the biggest thing. Yeah. So I know one of the things, Mariah, that you and I were talking about was when you get to Phoenix, you're going to have your family, which is going to be super, super helpful. But not only that, you had mentioned that your brother goes to a gym and they have daycare. So with the limits, like what, two hours? Two hours. (laughs) Yeah. So she was like, I think I'm going to like... Even if I finished my workout an hour, like I'm going to bring my laptop and work <laughs> because I know I have an hour of like time that free daycare, yeah, free daycare. Oh um, my God. Yeah. I guess it's not free, but yeah, but That's something awesome. to take advantage of. So I know that a lot of, uh, moms will find gyms that have that amenity and that's super helpful because again, you're not having to feel like, Oh, I need to dump this on my husband as soon as he get home. As soon as he gets home from work, it's mm-hmm. like, I can go to the gym during the day, have daycare and still find that time and not feel rushed or anything like that. So I feel like that's another good strategy too. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's usually the like minimum age for those daycares? I think they said it was at this one, like, I think just a couple weeks, like six weeks at six weeks. Oh my gosh. But I know not all of them are like that. A lot of them are probably three months, four months, probably. Wow. Yeah. Maybe even six months. 
Yeah, that was going to be my guess. I was going to say six months, but like it's it's cool that that exists because if it's like six weeks, it's like if someone really wanted to get back into mm-hmm. it right when they got that approval, it's like, okay, like I guess you can. <laughs> Very cool. Um, uh, so I think uh, one thing I think will be really valuable for a lot of our listeners is, you know, no matter what time they're coming to tune into this episode, whenever it's relevant to them in their lives of, okay, we've got this person, they are a new mom and they are really just struggling maybe in those first four, six, eight, maybe 10 weeks of postpartum mentally, physically, how would you help somebody just get started? Like just get going with the right habits, get going with the routine, um, basically starting from ground zero. Uh, starting, I mean, before pregnancy is ideal, yeah. uh, but even if it's during pregnancy, I know my sister-in-law um, asked her doctor, she hadn't been working out before and she asked if she should start and they were like, oh, have you been doing anything? She said no. And they told her not to do anything. Yeah. So she, and in my opinion, I mean, obviously it's a doctor, so it's different, but I, she could have been doing light stuff, walking, still staying healthy. And so she kind of just threw it all away and now is in a spot where she needs, wanted to lose more weight afterwards. And versus, yeah. I mean, I stayed healthy throughout my pregnancy and it was just a little bit easier for me. So that's a huge thing. Just, just go, <laughs> just do it. Start, even if it's one day a week, two days a week, three days a week, and watching, not necessarily watching what you eat, because I know that's hard during pregnancy, but just being more conscious of eating healthy things, not not just for yourself and the weight, but you're feeding your child too. So just being conscious of that. Yeah, no, I, I love what you said there. And I think, you know, especially... Especially what you said about nutrition. It's like, okay, maybe let's not like watch what we eat or try to be restrictive. But it's just like, um, I was having a conversation earlier, like just with our, our coaching team on my side. And, you know, sometimes I think as coaches where we have, you know, we have all the, the tools, the macros, the refeeds, the diet breaks, the meal timing, like all these nuanced details that like at the end of the day, like really only like the one percenters use those things. But like... I think a lot of times we undervalue just like mindfulness of like really understanding like what's in our food and like what we're putting into our bodies. So a lot of times like we have our clients like I know you do it too, like collect data first week or so. Um, A lot of times like new clients that come in like what we work on is just let's just continue that like and so if you're someone who's like oh macros sound intimidating that sounds like a lot of stress like a lot of work like just like literally write down what you eat every day like have a food journal or like put it into my fitness pal but don't put don't give yourself any goals like literally just like watch and look and pay attention and learn because like most things will probably self-correct if you pay attention and like just start to understand like I was working with someone really close to me and I I was just kind of like giving her some tips. I was like, hey, start doing this, um, you know, just just track and just see what's in your food. She self-corrected so much in like two or three weeks of just tracking with no goals, just like looking at it. And so I think we underestimate the value of mindfulness and just like really like paying attention because it doesn't take extra work, right? It doesn't take all this extra planning. It doesn't take all these extra steps. It doesn't even take meal prep. Like if you just observe what you're already doing, like you can often find so many solutions within that just from paying attention. 
So that's something that I think could be really helpful, like starting with uh, getting started with nutrition. If it is postpartum or late in pregnancy, when you just feel overwhelmed, like that's something really easy that you could do. Yeah. Another thing that you made me think of is again, so often as women, I feel like we're like, well, what can I take away? Like, what can I remove? And so it's like, oh, well, let me remove ice cream or let me remove soda. And while that that's coming from a very good place, and I think it is, you know, something maybe to work on in the future, it's like, well, what can we add in? What can, can we add in a serving of, of vegetables? Can we add in a serving of fruits? Uh, you know, if you're pregnant, like, can I add in some omega-3s? Like, can I add in salmon once a week or twice a week? Or, you know, so things like that, I think it's it's easier to come from than to like, what can I restrict or what do I need to cut out? And like you said, it, it's like, it, it, it's a little bit easier of just something. Let me just add this into my daily routine that I'm already doing. That's going to be like a pretty good payoff. And it's like Mariah was saying, like thinking about like, I'm not just eating for myself anymore. <laughs> like I'm, I'm eating for someone else. And I do think that that actually has a, a lot to do when some people will start to clean up their diet a little bit. And because there is, on the other hand, or on the other side of things, the whole idea of like, oh, well, I'm eating for two, so I can eat whatever I want now. <laughs> um, yeah. Which is a recipe for disaster. But um, but yeah, just kind of like, what are some easy little things that I can do that doesn't take a whole lot of planning or mental capacity and will be an easy behavior change? Right. Absolutely. And like, what like one thing, especially with, with protein. So actually my mm-hmm. coach's wife is pregnant again and they were testing her protein levels and they were super low. And so they were like, you need to get more protein in or whatever. So like, that's her main focus. Um, obviously she is married to a coach, a bodybuilder. <laughs> like that's a pretty natural transition for someone like her. But one thing that like we'll do with a lot of our clients and like, especially when someone's going through changes like pregnancy or postpartum, it's like your mental capacity already so filled to the brim so like how can we just like get someone thinking about doing something like whether it's a vegetable or a protein goal like protein especially a lot of moms lack as they're breastfeeding as they are you know developing a baby so like how do we just get someone thinking about eating more protein like not like a number of grams but like I don't even care if it's if it's 80 20 beef or like if it's chicken sausage instead of like you know our typical lean protein sources like let's just think about like how do we work in some kind of protein and like make it be a part of what we think about throughout the day and then if we're like overshooting our fat or whatever we can we can look at that and be like okay let's kind of see what we can do there maybe we do start to look at leaner protein sources, but like from the beginning, it's like, can you eat a four ounce burger? <laughs> like that counts, right? And I think we, again, as coaches, because um, I know we have an audience of people just living a healthy lifestyle, uh, men, women, and then we have, you know, a small portion of those as coaches or personal trainers too, you know, really breaking it down to like, how do we like beyond like all the details and the fun things that we love to work on with people? Like, how do we just get someone thinking about the right thing so that it really does become a habit? Yeah, I think that's a, a really good point. And it's kind of like, you know, okay, if I have like uh, a, you know, grilled cheese for lunch <laughs> or something like that, it's like, well, can I throw some ham on? Yes. Um, like just, just being like a little bit more conscious and then it's kind of like, okay, well, if I now maybe I'm tracking my food and I realize that, 
oh, I threw some ham on, but it's really not a whole lot to make it significant. Can I add a little more? Or like you said, with a burger, um, you know, like four ounces is actually like a really good serving size, especially for a woman. Um, or like, you know, if you start your morning with coffee, well, can you throw some collagen in it? Can you throw in some protein coffee? And it's just like little things that eventually add up over time. So I think it's it's a really good point that you said. It's it's all about trying to make it a habit and then fine tuning, right? So it's like, oh, okay, well, I've been doing 80-20, but I'm overshooting my fat. So can I do, you know, 85-15 or can I, there are there's some things I can do throughout the day to kind of tweak it a little to make it more optimal. But again, it's like, we're not, we're not trying to be 100% perfect right off the bat. It's like, let's just start somewhere. And it's hard, especially, especially in the first trimester, a lot of women have protein aversions. And that's one of them. And again, it's the craziest thing, especially Mariah, like coming from a bodybuilding background to thinking that that's not going to be something that you would struggle with to being Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, I don't want anything to do with chicken (laughs) or beef or anything. And then just being like, I literally like the only thing that's appealing is like buttered noodles. (laughs) So Yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. So I think while being conscious of things that you should do at the same time. It's like, well, I just need to survive (laughs) or I just need to listen to my body. So trying to, again, find that like fine line between, well, do I have butter noodles for every single meal or (laughs) can I try to add in like some amount of protein or like, could I even switch to like a protein pasta? Um, Just like small little things like that. Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot, a big part of that, especially for people who maybe are living the lifestyle already is like adjusting your expectations, whether that's pregnancy, postpartum, right? It's like, it's like maybe you have been tracking macros, hitting protein goals, doing all these things. Maybe you have your baby, you realize you have no time to think about that anymore. It's like adjusting the expectations of like, what is my new normal? What can I expect of myself? What's realistic? Um, And like, you know, my head's in all these different places now that I'm taking care of another human being. I'm trying to find maybe 30 minutes for myself. Maybe it doesn't make sense to plan out my macros every day, but like, how can I focus on like just getting in protein or like making sure to place that meal prep service order? Like it's, it's literally like, how can I do those small things that I think can help you guys get started if you're in this position where you're making that huge, huge life adjustment that, you know, I mean, I don't think we can even do it justice, but can at least try to advise or give tips on from from Mariah's experience and ours with clients. Yeah. And I, I really, really love what you said about managing expectations, right? So it's like, again, a lot of people are like, oh, okay, six months or six weeks, you know, I'm good. Like I'm going to be in the gym all the time. Like this is going to be such an easy like thing. And I'm just going to, you know, like whatever it is that they have. And then it's being able to like, yeah, I need to like rework my new reality and figure out, okay, well, what is actually realistic for me? And it, and being okay with that and not feeling like a failure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not feeling like a failure because you see, you know, some super mom on Instagram who you feel like is managing five kids and you're like, I can barely juggle one. But again, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know if they have a nanny, if they have, you know, their mom or dad that comes over for a few hours a day, you know, whatever it yeah. might be. So I think it's really important to to be realistic and and be able to be okay with readjusting your expectations. Especially the recovery too. Everybody's recovery is so different. And I mean, I honestly, I had a relatively easy recovery, but I, I know I'm, I'm lucky and I know people that haven't and it, 
it's a lot on your body. So giving yourself that time and grace to get back to it is important. I will also challenge you and say, yes, you are definitely, there's probably some luck involved genetics, but you also took care of a lot of the variables that make that more probable and make it easier for you. So, you know, just continuing to re rehash, like, Hey, what, can these women do like take personal responsibility over so that it's not just victim mentality oh i had the worst recovery from my pregnancy it's what can i do during before after that's going to set me up for success you know for this pregnancy and then you know if you have more kids down the road like how's that going to be better and easier than the first Mm -hmm. so many good takeaways (laughs) (laughs) um so i guess i mean i feel like we could probably talk for another couple hours but Um, I know that we should probably wrap it up here, but if there's anyone who wants any more, wants us to dive into these topics further, we'd be more than happy to. Um, But Mariah, I wanted to ask you, because we ask all of our guests, uh, something, I don't know if you want to frame it from a mom's point of view, it might be helpful for for the episode. Um, But, you know, what would be your number one tip to have a sustainable healthy lifestyle like what would be the number one thing you'd recommend to someone it could be a mom or from a more broad perspective um to put yourself first um it's it's hard as a mom and I know I mean I do have to obviously put my child up there but if I can't if I'm not taking care of myself I'm in no position to take care of anybody else so for my mental health my physical health everything always putting myself first is gonna make me a better mom I love it. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) It was brief. It was good. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's perfect. Well, uh, Mariah, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, We really appreciate it and having your perspective as a a first-time mom because I know I will need it here soon. I'll probably (laughs) go back and listen. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to probably go back and listen to this episode. Um, But, you know, Marissa, maybe not... Not now, but in the I'll future. I'll come back in a decade. Yeah. <laughs> um, but again, we, you know, thank you so much for being on. And uh, for you guys, the listeners, we hope that you really enjoyed this and, and got some good takeaways. And if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. You can find both of us on Instagram. You can find me at Chrissy Lynn Fit and Marissa's at Marissa Roy Fitness. Uh, Mariah, where can, <laughs> where can they find you right now? Um, <laughs> right now at Mariah Verchek Fit. Hopefully just Mariah Verchek soon if I can get back in. So long, long story, uh, <laughs> but uh, don't give your personal information out to someone on Instagram. <laughs> Another little takeaway uh, if you made it this far. But yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening and we hope to see you back next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast, and we hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something from it. Please remember that Christina and I are not medical professionals, so if you're going to make any changes to your exercise or nutrition routines, please consult with your doctor or medical team first. Finally, we would love you even more than we already do if you took the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews are how this podcast moves up the ranks and becomes accessible to even more people. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next Tuesday here at the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast.